0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: December 9th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah.
0: Ears edition.
1: Our guest tonight is an actor who can be seen in a little, uh, indie film called Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Kelly Marie Tran is joining us, everybody! <laughs> also on tonight's show, Lizzo is the new star of the Lakers. The Democrats are doing damage control, and Donald Trump has a love-hate relationship with his toilets. So let's <laughs> catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with some education news. Elementary school, it's that special time in your life when you find out if you're a bully or if you can fit into a locker. But now, (laughs) the state of New Jersey is worried that schools have stopped teaching the important stuff. Learning
2: cursive? may soon be making a return to schools in New Jersey. Yeah, a state lawmaker has introduced a bill requiring elementary school students to learn to read and write in script by the end of the third grade. Many schools stopped mandating cursive in 2019. If passed, cursive would be required um, by the next full school year.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, what? Lawmakers in New Jersey are pushing for schools to start teaching cursive again? While they're at it, why not teach the kids to drive wagons and churn their own butter for lunch? (laughs) Just have kids in the cafeteria like, hark, I am famished from a day's journey hunting the Pokemon. Hast thou a Tide Pod for my repast? (laughs) Guys, it's 2019. We don't need cursive anymore, okay? And like, we should be able to admit that it's always looked pretty stupid. Like, try and write a capital G. It just looks like a drunk-ass music note. (laughs) It's like, what are you? Mm And the arguments for the law honestly don't make any sense, right? Like one New Jersey lawmaker says, kids need to learn cursive because that's how they wrote the constitution. (laughs) What does that mean? What does that mean? Like you don't need to learn cursive to read the constitution. Also, not everyone needs to read the constitution, right? They might have a job where it's not important, like accountant or president of the United States. Here's the thing, man, this happens every generation, right? This always happens. Young people adapt to new technology, and then old people want everyone to learn how they learned. I wouldn't be shocked if in 50 years, we'll be complaining about our grandkids. Like, I hate how kids don't text with their thumbs anymore. Phones just scan your text now. In my day, from your brain, you couldn't do that. You had to look down at your phone like a real person and walk into things head first. That's how we kept our brains hard. All right, but let's move on to the world of arts. People are always searching for new ways to express the human condition and also to find cool ways to take people's money. And this next exhibit from Art Basel in Miami may be the greatest scam of all time. Two inexpensive everyday items
3: are now passing for mm. pricey works of art.
1: A banana duct tape
0: to a wall is now selling for $150,000 at a Miami art festival. The piece is titled, Comedian. Two earlier editions have already sold for $120,000 each.
1: I honestly don't know what to think about this because on the one hand, I guess this banana is a comment on how all art is temporary and eventually everything withers and dies. But on the other hand, it's a banana taped to the wall. Because honestly, I I don't know about a banana as art. All I know is I want art with a long shelf life. Can you imagine if you bought Michelangelo's David and the next day it turns all brown and mushy? (laughs) What's also crazy is that the artist sold three of those bananas for over $100,000 each. You know the person I feel really bad for is the guy at the grocery store selling him those bananas. (laughs) Yeah. Because think about it, the first time the artist comes in, he buys a banana, it's like, yeah, 50 cents. The second time he comes in, 50 cents. Then the guy at the grocery store sees it on Twitter and he's like, wait, what? (laughs) Next time the artist comes in, he's like, can I get another banana? He's like, yeah, $20,000, I'm an artist too. I'm also an artist. All right, but let's move on from bananas to a man who's never eaten fruit in his life. President Trump. (laughs) While he's embroiled in impeachment and foreign scandals, it's nice to see that the commander-in-chief will take time out of... uh, all of these important issues to deal with stuff like this.
4: We have a situation where we're looking very strongly at sinks and showers and other elements of bathrooms where uh, you turn the faucet on in areas where there's tremendous amounts of water, where the water rushes out to sea because you could never handle it, and you don't get any water. You turn on the faucet, you don't get any water. They take a shower and water comes dripping out just dripping out, very quietly dripping out. People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. They end up using more water. So EPA is looking at that very strongly, at my suggestion.
1: Okay, is it just me? Or does it seem like someone took a dump in the Oval Office (laughs) that didn't flush and now they're trying to blame it on America's water systems. (laughs) Just feels like that. Mike, the EPA clogged the toilet again. (laughs) And also, can we acknowledge that of all the presidents, Trump has the most unpredictable schedule of all time. Think about like a day in the life of one of his aides in the Oval Office, just like, uh, okay, sir, at 9 a.m. we'll be discussing Afghanistan, 10 is impeachment, and then at 12, you'll be discussing uh, clogged toilets. (laughs) Trump's like, great, cancel everything after toilets. I have a lot of opinions. (laughs) By the way, did you see what Eric did in the Oval Office? (laughs) But okay, but if I'm completely honest, if I'm completely honest, right, whether you like Trump or not, you have to admit, this is an issue where we can agree with him. Like, I can say for a fact that America has a lot of low self-esteem toilets that don't flush with conviction. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've experienced this a lot in this country, I won't lie. Like, you go to flush, and then the toilet's just like, meh, <laughs> and you're like, no, flush, and it's like, no, I'm trying. Because <laughs> you have to admit it, we've all had that moment where the flush doesn't work. The worst is when you're at someone else's house and it doesn't work. Wa- yeah? It doesn't flush. Right, So now you're waiting for the tank to fill up again, and then you try again, hoping that they don't notice how long you've been gone. The worst is when you know when you're flushing and the turd is just like swirling around the bowl, like, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I'm just saying, if Trump can solve that problem, he's getting four more years. That's all I'm saying. That's a big problem. It's also crazy how Trump had so much more emotion talking about toilets than he does about most tragedies. Like, he was in that. You know, it's just like the wall falling down, so powerful. (laughs) In fact, it was so intense that we decided to produce it off-Broadway.
4: We have a situation where we're looking very strongly at sinks and showers and other elements of bathrooms. there's so little water comes out of the faucet. People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. They take a shower and water comes dripping out, It's dripping out, very quietly dripping out. In many states where they have so much water that it comes down, it's called rain.
1: That's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. There are now just 329 days until the presidential election, 56 days until the Iowa caucuses, and 23 days until Pete Buttigieg can legally drink. (laughs) So with the Democratic primary race heating up, let's catch up on the latest developments in our ongoing segment, World War D. As we get closer and closer to the primaries, all the Democratic candidates are learning that while the beginning of the race was fun and games, once you get into crunch time, people start digging into your history. And this weekend, everyone was talking about a confrontation involving Joe Biden, the candidate with the most history.
0: Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden just got into it with a local voter. Words were exchanged, and then a challenge. I've
4: got two problems with you. One is you're damn near as old as I am. You're selling access to the president just like he was so you you're a to... damn liar man that's not true and no one has ever said that and you want to check my shape on let's do push-ups together here man let's do let's run let's do whatever you want to do let's take an iq test okay right. i didn't one... say you were doing anything wrong I you said... said i set up my son to work in an oil company Isn't that what you said I... get your word straight jack look look here's the deal here's the deal it, it looks it looks like you don't have any more backbone than Trump does when you're
0: oh. you're a fellow.
1: Whoa. Damn, that got testy. It was also a weird moment though, you have to admit, this guy said he was concerned that Biden might be too old to run for president. And then instead of addressing the man's concerns, Biden challenged him to push-ups. You realize Joe Biden, this could have ended terribly. Because what if that old man beat Biden? Hmm? Now he's the Democratic frontrunner, right? Yeah, that's how it works. We've all watched Black Panther. If you beat the guy in charge, you become the guy in charge. That's how it works. That's how it works. Would've been push-ups, The old guy would've ripped off his shirt like, "Is this your nominee? Is this your nominee?" And then every one of those old white people in the town hall would've been there like, "Oh." I think this is what shows you what's wrong with American politics right now. A candidate and a voter should never be calling each other fat and old. All right? They should be calling each other's mamas fat and old. <laughs> Let's keep things civilized, people. But while Biden is fighting off corruption allegations and challenging voters to meet him out in the parking lot, his great-great-great grandson Pete Buttigieg is dealing with a controversy about a lack of transparency. You see. A lot of people were concerned that Buttigieg wasn't allowing the press to attend his fundraising events. But when he was asked about the issue, Buttigieg couldn't even pretend to give a shit.
0: Buttigieg is doing a little bit better. He's getting more attention. He says he will think about opening his fundraisers and he had a tart response on Friday to reporters who asked when he'll make that decision. As the candidate, can't you just direct your campaign to open those fundraisers? What's that? As the candidate, can't you just direct your campaign to open those fundraisers? Yes. And why haven't you done so What's that? Why haven't you done so yet? A, little, a lot of considerations and I'm thinking about it.
1: Last question. Can you give us an example of those considerations? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Damn. Looks like someone started growing chest hair. Oh. You know, I know we always joke about Buttigieg looking like he's 15, but in that press conference, he was acting like a teenager too, right? It was just like that moment. Did you do your homework? Yes. Do you have it? Yeah. Can I see it? No. (laughs) Now, Buttigieg might've been all gangster at the podium, but the backlash to this was so swift that he and his team had to announce today that they will now be opening up his fundraisers to the press. And one thing Buttigieg did that was really slick was that he took his transparency issues and tried to turn them around on one of his opponents.
0: Judge's campaign has also been calling on Elizabeth Warren to release her tax returns from before 2008 during her time as a corporate lawyer. Last night, she did, revealing that she made nearly $2 million from private legal work since
1: 1986. $2 million? I knew it! (laughs) Elizabeth Warren's out here acting all folksy, but it turns out this whole time she had a job! Because that's what's funny about this story. No, if you read it, the headlines make it sound like Elizabeth Warren was bawling out of control, but in reality, she earned $2 million over 30 years. <laughs> yeah, which averages out to a modest $60,000 a year. That is the complete opposite of bawling. At $60,000 a year, you aren't popping champagne in the club. You're carefully removing the cork, <laughs> pouring it into a glass, and then saving the rest for the time you come back to the club. So that's a quick update of what's happening in the Democratic race. And you know what's funny about this whole thing for me? The Democrats are trying so hard to defend even the smallest skeletons in their closets. Meanwhile, Trump's rolling through the streets with a squad of skeletons like, these aren't skeletons, these are just skinny people. And if you don't believe me, you can do push ups. We'll be right back. Show. Yesterday was the weekend and the weekend means sports. So let's check out what happened in another edition of I apologize for talking while you were talking.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: what's up people who like sports? He's Michael Costa. I'm Roy Jr. Costa. Yep. Big college football news this weekend. Yep. The playoffs are set. The bowl matches are set. Which
0: games are you looking for? Well, I just put $14,000 on the Panera Bread Bread Bowl bowl. Okay. So... okay. I think you have a gambling problem. Not right? if I win. Okay. Anyway, Roy, let's start with today's big news. You know how Russia's always a major force at the Olympics? Yeah. Well, nyep, anymore.
3: Breaking news in the sports world. This morning, Russia received a four-year ban for doping from the World Anti-Doping Agency. This means there will likely be no Russian team at the 2020 Summer
0: Olympics or the 2022 Winter Games. Now, Russians will still be able to compete at global competitions, but only under a neutral flag and with no national anthem. Oh,
2: Ooh, shit. shit! Russia got banned banned from the Olympics for doping too many times. Now, it is important that we say, Costa, yep. their athletes can still compete as individuals, mm-hmm. but they can't represent Russia. They can just represent themselves. Yeah, it's like, hi, I'm Vlad. I'm here to throw
0: javelin. Okay, where you from? Uh, where you from? You know, I'm from around. Uh, do you have any clean urine I can buy?
2: Look, I gotta say, man, I think banning Russia from the Olympics is a massive mistake. Mm -hmm. Russia lives for athletic competition. Now we just got a bunch of angry Russians with nothing to do. The Olympics are like the after-school program (laughs) that's been keeping them off the streets. Now they gonna be meddling in everything. Our elections, our power grid, our relationships, which reminds me, baby, if any nudes pop up in my phone, it was the Russians. Me too,
0: baby. Okay. Yeah. But hey, let's move on to the NBA where LeBron and Anthony Davis have the Lakers in the top of the NBA standings. They're 21 and 3. Wow. That's only one loss for every eyebrow they have combined. Yes. <laughs> and last night,
2: AD picked up 50 points, but it's what happened courtside that's got people talking. Oh, yeah.
3: As you wake up this morning, maybe you're checking Twitter, you're wondering why Lizzo and Dumbotron are all trending. See, last night, Lakers game had a little bit of everything, including. Lizzo pulling up her dress to show off her song when the Staples Center showed her on the Jumbotron, while the Laker girls
2: danced to a routine to her song. Duke. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Lizzo was oh, living, living her best life! Right? God, damn. That outfit was a bold choice, yes, a I, very bold yes. choice, because I would not want to put my bare ass on stadium seats, <laughs> especially, especially courtside seats. Yeah. They're cushioned. Cushion. Cushions absorb everything. You can feel the bacteria. (laughs) Lizzo's going to take a DNA test, and it's going to turn out she's 100%
0: Jack Nicholson fart. (laughs) Speaking of the Knicks, you know how they've been losing all season? Well, they're finally doing something about it, Roy. Well, the Knicks have lost eight in a row. They're off to one of the worst starts in franchise history. Today, they decided to part ways with head coach David Fisdale. Fisdale actually held practice with the team today. This is him at Knicks practice facility shaking hands with management. And just an hour later, he was fired. Okay, Man. this this Man. is this is unfair. You can't blame the coach when he never gave him the right players to win. You can only make dinner with what you have in the fridge, right, which is why tonight I'll be eating Eggo waffles, sriracha, and AA batteries. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't really feel bad for this guy. He's getting $17 million.
2: Sure. The only thing better than getting $17 million for coaching the Knicks is to get $17 million for not coaching the Knicks. That's true. Hell, I'll not coach the Knicks for $16 million. Yeah, I mean... I'll do it for 15, but I gotta wear a thong. That's fair, that's fair. You know what, you know what they should do? For the rest of the season, the Knicks should give every fan at the game a ticket and raffle off a chance to be coach for a day.
0: But Roy, that's the plot of a Whoopi Goldberg movie called Eddie. She wins the contest and she gets to coach the Knicks. Oh, okay, okay, fine, fine, forget it. Look, the point is, the Knicks are so embarrassing,
2: they need to go into hiding. They gotta go somewhere where no one will find them. Like, like a house full of nuns. That's,
0: that's also the plot of a Whoopi Goldberg movie called Sister Act, huh? Whatever, no, man, the point is that basketball clearly ain't their thing.
2: Maybe instead of playing basketball, the Knicks should just sit around all day talking about the news. That's the view, Roy! Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg is also on that. Damn it, man. I can't get Whoopi out of my head. I, I, I need something else to think about.
0: I, I got something for you. You want to see a picture of me wearing a thong? I'd How rather right... die. What? I'd rather die. Wait, I don't look, want to look, see a look, thong look, picture. That's look, it. Back to you. Back to you, Trevor. If you zoom in, you can see my frostbite no, right here. No,
1: look, no, Michael Costa wrote with Judy, everybody. We'll be right back. My guest tonight was the first woman of color to have a leading role in a Star Wars movie. Here's a preview of the highly anticipated Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Please welcome Kelly Marie Tran. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And congratulations on a whirlwind ride. This movie is so highly anticipated, and yet, at the same time, we know nothing about it. Like, nothing. (laughs) Like, normally when I'm gonna do, like, an interview, they might send me the movie beforehand, and then I was like, yo, Disney, and they're so like, no.
3: Details, no, Din- Disney, they're true ninjas. They're just like, we're not gonna tell you anything, but right. you're always gonna wonder.
1: <laughs> Are they strict like that with you as well? Because I've heard, like, some actors, they won't even give the full movie. They'll just give you, like, the parts that you're in, and then you don't even know what the movie is.
3: Yeah, so, strangely enough, so we... I mean, I read the script the entire thing. Oh, but man. then... I know I <laughs> know everything <laughs> But truly, I mean, when you're shooting these scenes It's so PC, if that makes sense And it sort of changes as you're going So oh. sometimes you don't really know how it's going to end up
1: So do you think, like, have they shot multiple Or is there, like, like, a possibility that you don't even know what the movie is So if you go watch the movie, you'd be like, I think it, And then you don't know?
3: Uh, I think that's possible I did see it last week Oh, you've seen
1: I it? Did, yeah, I have seen it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hated you and now I'm over it <laughs> It is, it is pretty epic how your life turned. I mean, you know, it's one thing to, to get into acting and, and start out, you know, going to sketch classes and saying, I'm going to become an actor and, and then getting into movies and then graduating. But you literally jumped into Star Wars, which has been a complete, just like flip for your entire life. How have you handled that?
3: Um, Lots of therapy, Trevor.
1: <laughs> You're being serious, though. <laughs> oh,
3: I mean, completely serious. And everyone's laughing, but it's it's truly true. Um, I, yeah, I, I had this really weird, immediate life change where I was truly doing improv shows, not even at UCB or Iowa or Second City, all these right. great places. I was doing improv shows like underground indie scene improv. Right. Right? You know what I mean? Like, and I was doing small parts on um, like TV shows where you'd have a line here, uh-huh, uh-huh. a line there. Um, And it was, and then it completely changed. So it's sort of been a really big mental overhaul in a way.
1: It's, it's, it's really interesting because you experienced as well the best and worst of social media at the same time. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when, you, when you got the role and when the first movie came out that you were in, there was this backlash where people were like, oh, what is she doing in the movie? Why do you have this Asian woman? This makes no sense. But then you had this huge wave of support where people came to support you. But, but you made a choice. You said after that, you're like, you know what, I'm done with being online. I'm not going to get harassed by trolls online. I'm off. And you, you just don't do social media now.
3: No. That might be the best choice I ever made, truly.
1: How? Yeah. How do you... How, how do you know that you're valid in life? Like, how do you...
3: <laughs> I don't want to make everyone mad because I know everyone loves you, but I'm like, dude, you should, you should try it. You, you should like, try it for a little bit.
1: But, but I'm, I'm being serious, though, because yeah. the whole world is on social media. And yes. then you just did this thing where you're like, no, I'm gone, and you're happy about it. It's not even like you're like, oh, I, I miss it. You, you're just gone.
3: I'm truly... Yeah, you know what's weird is I think... Again, I came from this place where I was working this day job and, and, and struggling and then sort of had this huge public, public space. And I felt that need that you sort of just referenced the idea that I needed to be validated. or right, I right, just right. To be like, I'm wearing this dress. I want everyone to know I'm wearing this dress. Like, just weird things that I'm like, Kelly, what are you thinking? Like That's not a normal person thought. Right. And so I think I sort of thought to myself... This is unhealthy for me. I need to get out of here. And it's been the best thing I've ever done. That is so yeah. amazing. That really
1: is amazing. Yeah. You. You, you you, also have, you, you, you're you in the space where, you, you know, your role takes so much significance, not just because of the character you're playing in the series and because of how you're, like, part of this end of this saga of the series, mm-hmm. but also because this was the first time we had seen an Asian-American actress, like, playing a powerful role like this in a Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Does that not come with a ton of stress?
3: Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah, it absolutely comes with this sort of, overwhelming pressure like this desire to represent well right but also on the other hand i'm like guys what's the big deal asian women speak and have feelings and can have a a full existence in life it's not that crazy right
1: (laughs) yeah and so so when you when you're on this movie and you you, you're creating it i mean like is there ever a moment where you think to yourself it's it's all downhill from here (laughs) no i'll tell you because it's star wars yes it's Star Wars. Like, you you can, you can get any other movie afterwards and be like, yeah, but I, I did Star Wars. <laughs> like, how are you... No, because I'm not... Gonna, I wouldn't be humble enough to be... If I started with Star Wars, <laughs> everywhere I go, people will be like, hey, would you like to be in this movie? I'd be like, is it about the Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that is that like a weird trip for you to be on as well? I think it is kind of a weird trip. I mean...
3: Forever, I will always, I think, be grateful to have been part of this thing right. that is such a cultural touchstone to so many generations of people. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's also, because it feels like it was a big franchise, I'm like, oh, now I, now I just want to do something totally different That's amazing. weird, yeah.
1: Y- yeah, you can, just, you can just go into it. You can just yeah. go into any role. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I, I would be stuck in Star Wars, I won't lie. I would be, <laughs> I would like bring, I feel like I would bring Star Wars to movies that didn't need Star Wars in it. <laughs> It would be like a dramatic scene, <laughs> like the notebook, and then I would be in there and be like, He's in the bed. Yo, wo, 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 wo. <laughs> I, uh, think, I think you're better at acting than I am. I, <laughs> I'm excited to see the movie. Thank you so I'm much. But I'm more excited to see you as a human being and as an actress, just like changing the world, not being on social media. Thank you so much for being here show. So much, <laughs> Thank you so much, me. Thank you very much. Congrats on everything. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker opens in theaters December 20th. Kelly Marie Tran, everybody.